560 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you for the next couple of hours as we talk Cyhawk basketball and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, coming up on the program today, the BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this in 25 minutes. We'll talk to Iowa State basketball color analyst, well, football too, uh, but basketball will be front and center tonight. Uh, Eric Heft will join the program at about 1025. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We will do some college football with Bill. I'll get a first opportunity to speak with him since the bowl announcement from last uh, week was made. So we'll get into that a little bit. We'll head to Vegas at 11 with KennyWhiteSports.com and Bobby Hansen at about 11.20, 11.25 or thereabouts. Uh, the uh, Hawkeyes color analyst will join the program and he will take a peek at tonight's Hawk and the Big Ten. i got to get the Big Ten in there, Trent, because this conference and good to see you. Yeah, welcome way. back. Thank you very much, sir. Good to be back. Um, after leaving Tucson in the desert and really nice place, but good to be home all the Did time. Did you you got home yesterday? Got home yesterday, yes. So it was a little chilly when you got home. Yeah, yeah, but it was it, it rained like crazy in oh, the really? desert. And I'm not asking for sympathy. Uh, the, where, where? the residents, Trent, were ecstatic. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's a desert. Yeah, you know, but it's more. It's it's a. There's more green in at least that desert than there is in Las Vegas. Sure. There's more trees, it seems mm-hmm. like, and it's a different kind of desert. Um, but, um, yeah, just, just as the, uh, the feedback or uh, the joy in some of their, uh, just that they're finally getting rain. So I had one question for you about your trip, and you were, was it horse racing convention or just a sports and gaming commission? It was, well, my side of the thing was horse racing. Okay. So it, and last year, there was more... So, uh, there was more sports as part of it mm-hmm. uh, because with uh, seemingly all these states on the precipice of of getting sports, um, this year was mostly horses. So was there buzz about the Iowa owned horse? Where no, it's not that. It's, okay, it's it's, uh, it's how do we save this? Got yeah, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. How do yep. we save horses? Look at the conference when I first started going to it in 1990. There was probably twelve to fourteen hundred people at this conference. Wow. There's 400 now. Yeah, you know, um, and it used to be the the owners and the the real decision makers. It's kind of not the same anymore. It's still good, um, but um, look, the sport needs something. Yeah, it really does. Had the triple crown a few years yeah, ago. A couple of them, yeah. With uh, and that certainly helped, but but um, but not enough. Anyways, uh, good to be back here. Cyhawk is upon us, and you know, I, I, just reading Twitter, and I mean, you can. You know, fill me in as, as to what it's been like around here the last. It's such a different environment from football to basketball, right? I mean, the build up to the football game is, I get it. We have all summer to talk about it, and it's still kind of college football season when the football, when the basketball game rolls around. It seems like it's arrived today, though. Yeah. And maybe needed George Niang and Jordan Bohannon to kind of <laughs> light that fuse a little bit, and maybe behind the scenes, they got together and said, you know, let's inject some life into this game a little bit. And, 
And, uh, you know, Bohannon called names lames and Niang coming back and doing what George Niang does with his excellent troll ability. But uh, it seems like we've got a pretty big game tonight. It does. Yeah, we're right there. Going to be a good one. I think that the point spread tells you what this game should be. A four-point favorite is Iowa State. There, there's a part of the Iowa State football week that by the end of it, we get through our show Friday and I'm done. I'm just, I'm so yes, sick of me talking too. Me about too. it. I'm I'm sick of every mm-hmm. angle. And like you said, we are talking about it through the spring and this summer. And that's a part, and that's not the case for basketball. But in a way, this basketball game, it is more enjoyable. Because maybe it's where it falls in the calendar. For years it was on Friday night. Now it's here on Thursday night and the way it breaks that way. But maybe because we don't build it up in the same fashion of football, I just I might enjoy the basketball game more than the football game and the build up to the basketball game more to the football game because we take so many different angles and we do mm, so many yeah. different things and and here plus you have a lot of fun angles here you mentioned the back and forth on Twitter with Bohannon and Yang but just how chippy that game was last oh, year it was great I mean th- there was Steve Prohm one of the more mild mannered yeah. coaches in college basketball sprinting across the floor to the other end of the floor to the free throw line and grabbing his guys out of there and mm-hmm. then at the end of the game. Dribbling out the clock and Michael Jacobson mixing up with Connor McCaffrey. You got some tough dudes in here. And you got some guys you can tell don't really care for each other. That angle's fun. No, I'm with you, Trent. I thought that that, uh, that, that kind of little, not brouhaha, that set to, that uh, incident, if you want to call it that, last year, I think really um, maybe elevated this a little bit. Yeah. Looking forward to this game. I mean, Jacobson playing in it for the first time. Pencil, Connor McCaffrey, kind of the um, the agitator, if you will, and uh, and the fuse was lit and it was on. And hopefully, it will be to an extent. I mean, I don't want to see a dirty game by any means, right. but I think we're going to see a really good. I have no idea who's going to win this game. I really and truly don't. I can make a case for Iowa State. I can make a case for Iowa. I think both of these schools, I mean, Condit's playing out of his mind. Yes. And Garza. I mean, who saw this Garza thing coming, right? We always knew he could score, but at this level? Oh, no. And and he's not athletic, but he is more nimble Mm -hmm. than he has before. He, You can tell the guy worked on his game. One thing I'd completely forgot about. I was listening to Hawk Central last night with uh, the guys from the Register and Ross. Yeah, and, who'd they have? Keith Duncan last yeah, night. Yeah, Keith Duncan, they? who was really good. Was he, he good on the air? Yeah, yeah. Find the podcast. Fun dude. Really, really cool. And uh, and when's a great the, when when are the awards tonight? tonight I think they yes. are. Uh, tonight's the awards here in the morning. But one thing that I just had missed, Luca Garza last year at this time, he was still dealing with that nine pound six. Yes. For whatever reason, I had completely forgot about Great that. Great point. And now with the off season that he's had, a healthy mm. off season. What a difference! The work that he has done there, Iowa State is built so differently. They have three different big guys they can throw at him. Iowa State under Prom hasn't had that. They haven't had no. three big guys yeah. that can guard a good scoring center. That's what they have. So what's the game plan? You're Steve Prom. Calls up. Hey Ken. Need some help here. Well, I'm going to play Condit more tonight. You're going to run him up and down the floor? I, I think so. I mean, I don't know what his minutes are going into it. I will be surprised if he doesn't better his uh, average here tonight. Solomon Young's going to play a big role in this game. Jacobskin's going to play a big role. You know, we mentioned the the leap that Garza has undertaken, and we've seen it with our own two eyes. On the other side, I mean, we Halliburton was a good player, and there was speculation yeah. last year that at least he should kick the tires, and there were teams that were maybe sniffing around him. At least that was the speculation. Trent, I mean, my God, 
How much better has he been this year? He showed glimpses last year as freshman. Maybe, I mean, look at that. They had, they had a lot of scoring on this team from guys that are no longer there. Right. Right. And he wasn't asked to do that. But the role that he's been uh, asked to play this year, he has taken that and delivered in a huge, huge way. So we got a guy on each side of the floor that, that really, um, you know, faces of their program in Garza and in Halliburton, but have both taken their games to a level that, I don't know, did many people raise your hands if you saw this coming? With Halliburton, no way. I, I, he was a guy that his metrics, his advanced metrics were really high because he wasn't used a ton. He was the fourth or fifth option most times on the floor. It was Jack's going to get his. And Taylor Horton Tucker, you know he's going to be chucking it because he yes. is the embodiment of a chucker. And Lindell Wigginton mm-hmm. was going to get a shot. Weiler Babb. He was hitting a wide open three and do something in transition mm-hmm. and but boy, can he be a guy that takes over a team that leads a team to an NCAA tournament? I wasn't sure. Yeah, I, I think it I was, am now. <laughs> he is. He absolutely is this guy, and you can see why NBA scouts have been drooling about him. He got those two components. Another thing, Cordell Pemsel, He's played really well in this rivalry. Mm-hmm. His only game he played last year yeah. was in this rivalry. He I'm played so glad he did at a high, high level. And, and but he's been nothing short of awful this year. Yeah. I mean, he has been a complete mm-hmm. non-factor. So you think maybe he needs this game to get himself going a little Possibly, bit? Possibly, but if you find out, you Fran's going to give him some minutes, and it's the same guy we've seen the rest of the year. You can't play him. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been unplayable. That's mm-hmm. how poorly mm-hmm. he has played this year. If that's the case, I think it's big advantage Iowa State because of what I talked about and the three big guys. Because then all of a sudden you're talking about Connor McCaffrey having to guard Michael Jacobson inside. Mm. Is that a very good matchup defensively? I was going to have to play around with that zone. And, and that leads to another component here. Iowa State, outside of the Alabama game, has shot the ball incredibly poorly. They're 263rd in the country in three-point shooting. No way. That low. Iowa State, 30%. Right at wow. 30% on the year. They're back at home. Mm-hmm. You feel like Iowa still is not a great defensive team. If there's ever a time that the light bulb is going to come on, it is here. Is it as simple as that? Iowa State hits 40% from three, hits eight or more threes. They win the game. Well, that's been the story. The you Iowa hate to State break it down yeah. that simply, but many times that's what It'll it is. It'll go a long way, Trent. Yeah. It'll go a long Boy, the environment at Hilton tonight, I think, is going to be off the off the chain, too. I mean, it is going to be so much fun. 7 o'clock. I know ESPN2 has it. Do you know who's calling the game? If oh. You You've got the info, do you? I, I do. Jason Benetti, who we're both big Outstanding. fans of. With Dan Dockich. I don't. I see, I'm a Dockage guy. I uh, like Dockage. Uh, our state can unite after this one and all hate Dockage <laughs> together. Well, he's the worst. Yes, yeah, I like him. I like Dockage. I, I, I like have. him calling other games. I do not like him calling gotcha. games that I really mm-hmm. care about. Mm-hmm. He's doing a Purdue Indiana game. Yeah. Okay. Bring it on. Penn State, Ohio State. I'm in. Right. Iowa, Iowa State. You and I involved. I don't want to hear him anywhere close. Benetti and Dockich have the call tonight. ESPN 7 o'clock tip. We've got NFL football for final Thursday night of the year, by the way. This is it. This is it? Curtain falls. Curtain Nothing falls. next week? Nothing. We've got three Saturday games. Oh, it's you're loving three the Saturday, Saturday games. I am, but at the expense of Thursday night. Yeah. And next week's going to be, next week's finals week for everybody, right? Yes. I think yeah. it, for the most, are they both off? I think they are. They are, yeah. That is something that, that was put will, in. So when will the Hawks have Cincinnati's on the weekend or is it early next week? No, it's next Saturday. Next Saturday, good. Yes. So please, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that nothing is going to come on top of the final Monday night game of the year, which is the Vikings hosting the Packers. Aha. So Iowa State wins their final game before Christmas. Uh, they will be playing on Sunday when 
IUPU Fort Wayne comes rolling in. Mm. The Mastodons mm. will be making an appearance at Carver. So you and I, Iowa State, all three of them, as Regent schools, this is something that the Regents put in place. No games during right. the week. Though Drake, since they're a private institution, they can play a game, and they do have a game next week. I thought maybe, hey, a chance to see the Bulldogs. Head on over to the nap. They play something called Mount Marty. Who? Yeah. I don't know if that's going to get me over the nap center for that one. <laughs> I've never heard of them, Trent. <laughs> it sounds made up. It yeah, absolutely it, it, sounds it, made it, up. That's hey, Tuesday night. Uh, you and I, you mentioned them. The winner of Colorado. I mean, that gets your attention. It does. And the football team, too. They've got a little date this week and Friday, right? James uh, James Madison? Tomorrow night, yeah. Uh, ESPN and there two. is television, correct? Six o'clock start, Good. ESPN 2. Good. I think the Montana game then will happen afterwards at like 9, and 9.15. There is not TV on that, I don't think. Oh, the Montana I game doesn't. I think that oh. that got relegated to ESPN, what do we call it, 3? Plus ESPN, three, one of the two, is. yeah. I think. Huh. I just figured with the start I did, too, that, we, that they would uh, go from one to the other. Well, right. like, yeah, I hope we get them both. Although, you know. No, what? ESPN, too. Does, Montana, Weber State. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. Because Live PD is expanding to more cities tomorrow night. <laughs> You and your live PD. I do like I, the show. I dipped into it a time or two. Yeah, you don't like it? Eh, it was... I felt bad for the people getting arrested. Yeah. No, I don't I don't feel bad for that. It's they, just, they were... You could tell those people had a rough lot in life. Yeah, no, that's true. That, that part is uh, absolutely true. All right, let's do this. Since I was gone, give me a sense of... Well, I'm guessing I know the answer to this, but when the, the when the Cyclones drew Notre Dame oh. and the Holiday Bowl uh, actually you know came to fruition, and it's against USC, and we've seen those two schools play in a bowl game before. You were there. Mm-hmm. You don't remember it. No, oh, I was bombed. That's what you've said. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's probably hard to find somebody that wasn't happy that, uh, that these were the matchups that were announced and the destinations that they will play. Yeah, you know, Iowa has been circling the Holiday Bowl for a number of years. We kind of heard this of that next year of bowl game. I think the Holiday Bowl has been circling Iowa. No doubt. There's maybe a little bit of Florida fatigue. They've been to Tampa so mm-hmm. many times. We saw when they went to Jacksonville, they didn't travel very well. So right. something a little bit different. There is a big base of people on in California, too, in Arizona, that'll be able to make the trip. So I think you'll see a good contingent of Hawkeye fans that make it out there for the Holiday Bowl, something a little bit different. And it's a name program. You, you take yes. on an Arizona State, Oregon State, you know, somebody like that. So, eh. But it's USC. Yeah. And with the history, though it's history long time ago, and we're talking about going back 17 seasons. Trent, they're pretty good. I mean, they're, they're not, it's not, this isn't a bad team. They I mean, can Michael, throw it around. My, yeah, Michael Pittman. Mm-hmm. Remember that name. If, you, if you're a football fan, you might remember his old man. Uh, he was a running back for Tampa. Michael Pittman, you know the, the story on NFL running backs, right? They're, usually their shelf life is what? Is it two or three years? Mm-hmm. Pittman played a long time. He played for Tampa Bay. I want to say he won a Super Bowl with Gruden in Tampa Bay. Okay. I know he was in Denver for... He played in Atlanta too. He had one more stop, Trent. At the, I think he left Denver and had one more stop or one stop between Tampa. And, but my point being is that this guy far exceeded, and not a running back that you know that name that you know we we remember the great ones, mm-hmm. guys that did have long careers are usually pretty darn good. Pittman was never great. Start in Arizona. He started in Arizona. So give me, yep. give me give me his career. Arizona ninety eight to one, then to Tampa o two to seven, and so won a Super Bowl. Bowl. Yep. yep, and then Denver for two thousand eight. Finished his career with the Florida Tuskers. Not sure what league the Tuskers I'm are. Not a part sure of. either. But he played in the NFL for how long? A decade? Twelve? Yeah. Twelve years? Yeah, that's pretty good. But anyways, his son 
is really good. And, and he's not alone. It's it's not just Pittman either. No, I mean, they, but but Pittman is the guy. Yes. He has 95 catches, yeah. over 1,200 yards, mm-hmm. 11 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They got dudes. They got, I think there's four different players. One game, maybe the UCLA game had over 100 yards. They run the air raid. Yes. They run the air raid, but it is not all dink and dunk. They'll take shots because of these elite-level wide receivers that they have. It's not what you used to see in with Leach's teams where three-yard hitch, right? bubble screen, yeah, flip it out, maybe an out route at 10. Now, this is shots up the field. Iowa, they're going to have to play a whole lot of nickel here. We're going to see a, a bunch of Dane Belton, I have a feeling, in this game. I'm with you, Trent. I watched this team play USC. I probably saw them play two or three times for sure. Obviously, the UCLA game, we were all pumped up about the uniforms. Right. I watched it. It was a Friday night uh, because, you know, me and my Pac-12 uh, affinity, and they played Utah, and they gave Utah up until the Pac-12 championship mm-hmm. their only loss, and that was the game that both of the quarterbacks got hurt Slovis was out. What's the kid? The starter, Daniels, was he was hurt. JT Daniels, yeah. JT Daniels, and they went back to a kid by the name of Fink, I want to say. Matt that sounds Fink. Sounds right, yeah. Um, and he played, and they beat Utah, and this wasn't a fluke. This is a good team. Notre Dame, we know is a good team. They've lost twice this year. Oh, by the way, those two games, Michigan and Georgia. Mm. That's creme de la creme of college football. This Notre Dame team, Trent, Ian Book is, well, you know how good Ian Book is. Um, they fired their offensive coordinator this week, which is kind of strange it because is. he won, he was recognized as the best coordinator in the game after last season. So it's clearly a what have you done for me lately um, kind of uh, in job environment there. But boy, oh boy, these are, and in the way they fall too, Friday night, the 27th, Iowa, USC, 7 o'clock. And then we start Saturday, which is playoff Saturday, ABC, 11 o'clock in the morning from Orlando, Notre Dame and Iowa State, okay. Good way to get things started uh, leading into the college football semifinals and the back-to-back games. We're going to get there. With both of these games, though, it is great for Iowa and Iowa State to have a chance against a Blue Blood. You'll get that opportunity. And I I think both games that they can win. Have to play really well, but they can yeah, win yeah. both of these games. Motivation for USC and Notre Dame. Yeah, USC strength for, for a lot of teams. I mean, USC Pittman's going to play. He announced that on Twitter the other day, but that fan base is not happy about Clay Helton coming back. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame is pissed that they're playing in Orlando mm-hmm. against Iowa State on a ten and two season. If they were in a conference, well, if they're in the ACC, they'd be playing in the Orange Bowl. They'd be opposite Florida, and they'd be playing in the Orange Bowl, but they're not. They're an affiliate member, and this is what happens when you're an affiliate member. So Notre Dame fans, Notre Dame, the team, where's their motivation? To play Iowa State right. in the Camping World Bowl before the I'm guessing the Iowa State's motivation is going to be right. in an all-time And same high. thing with USC. You look around, and nobody wants to go, and everybody wants your coach fired. Uh-huh. What's the motivation there? That I think that angles back to both Iowa and Iowa State and gives them an advantage going into these games. The only thing I would say that you got to pause a little bit, and I agree with your premise, it's 100%, it's a huge factor in bowl championship. What about these UCLA players? Did they go to bat for Clay Helton, and will they you know, win one for the Gipper yep, type? Yeah, of, yeah, you yeah. know where I'm coming I from, do. right? Yes, that's a good point. Uh, I hadn't seen anything. I Honestly, I haven't looked real closely. Yeah, I'm with you. And I'm sure as the lead-up to the bowl game happens, we're going to hear a whole lot more from their perspective, and you would imagine that that's going to be the case. One other factor here, I saw this uh, last week. USC, with Play Helton really looking like a lame duck going he into was, next year. I he was. They're like 57th in the country in recruiting. 57th. USC is. USC. 
this never, ever happens there. No. I mean, you can understand why the fan base is yes, upset when that happens. Sure. Now, the kids probably look around and say, well, let's see, I could go to UCLA. I know Chip's going to be there. I go to Oregon, a program on the rise, or take a shot here and don't know who the mm-hmm. new coach is going to be. You kind of understand it from the high school player's perspective, making their commitments with 57th for USC. Unthinkable. Yeah, it kind of is. Well, you know, we, we just had a slot open up. Kenny White can't join us. So he just sent me a text. Okay. Uh, so, so we'll do some more on the bowl games at 11 o'clock. I had a uh, theory that I floated on. Big thank you to Ross Peterson. He was in with me yesterday yes, in her downs the day you, before. Ross, and thank you, AD. And I floated both of this. And maybe at 11 o'clock we can dig in a little bit deeper. The importance of this game for both Iowa and Iowa State, but what a loss would mean for Iowa and Iowa State. Going into the offseason... You know, last year, Iowa getting that win against Mississippi State, it, it helped push things forward into this year. We knew it was going to be a difficult schedule, but felt like there was at least some positive momentum. If they would have lost that game to Mississippi State, how different it would be? If they lose this game to USC, 9-3 and three in its own right, pretty good season. But at 9-4 and four, with a loss at the end of the year, you lose to everybody you're kind of anticipated, and you've got a whole lot of talent. Iowa hasn't had that breakthrough moment. What a loss means to them. And for Iowa State, in what was supposed to be a historic season mm-hmm. in many people's mind, you take your sixth loss. Even against Notre Dame, kind of want to dig in and get your thoughts on that. Something I talked with the guys the last couple of days about. All right. Uh, we're here until noon. We've got uh, Eric Heft coming up next. Bobby Hansen is in the 11 o'clock hour. Bill Bender will be here from Sporting News. We'll pick Bill's brain. He uh, submitted his high ballot as everybody has had to do we'll find out how much joe burrow wins by on saturday night i I think it's got a chance to be an historically uh, a big gap between the winner and the runner-up i really do yeah there's no doubt i mean it it is looking at those numbers i think troy smith of ohio state has the largest percentage ever is that now i would have made a ton of guesses before i got there i think it was 91.7 or 91.3 percent of the vote that he got, percentage of points that he got. That was the highest ever. The most number first place votes ever was O.J. Simpson, who mm-hmm. was uh, back in the news. The ESPN's 69. got an article. He has an article about him and his Heisman Trophy and where they've been. I haven't dug into it You know, it's it on yet. the front page, ESPN.com. Yeah. I'm actually looking at the, the, at his picture back in uh, when, when he accepted the trophy. Um, yeah, I wonder where it is. Yeah. Right? You know, I want to do maybe carve out a little bit of time in the 11 o'clock, too. I know it doesn't move everybody's needle, but it does certainly you and I. Um, you and I, not the Panthers. Yes. Um, the hot stove, the winter meetings. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, I, I, I can't get enough of it. I'm right there with and, you. And how about the money that they're throwing around? How about Scott Boris's clients? What is and he's made? still got $840 million with Castellanos, Rue, and one more relatively big name. Um, is, is he, he a Donaldson? Is Donaldson? Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Either. So is he going to have a billion dollars? The point is, yes. Unbelievable. Stupid. It is crazy. Your twins have they made a move? Uh no. Yeah. No, nothing. Though yesterday, a Rosario's name started to get flowed out yeah, a little bit but, more. But I've seen him in Florida, right? And it, uh, I've seen some trade wins. Yes, tra- trade wins. They're looking to basically, they're looking to trade him. For a starting pitcher. After they struck out on Wheeler, that was their number one target. Bumgarner's not coming in. I don't think he's going to the Twin Cities. I'm with you. He's not leaving the National League. He is a guy that loves hitting. He's not coming to the American League. So cross that one off. I can't see Rio coming to Minnesota. Jays want him bad. I don't see him going to Toronto either. Hey, but you know what? The Jays took a major step forward, Trent. You might not have heard. I have it. 
Tanner Rourke. Oh, look out. Right? World Series champion. They've got their fourth uh, number four pitcher. All signed, sealed, and delivered. We'll come back. Eric Haft joins the program next. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Casey's Money. This is Iowa State Athletics Director Jamie Pollard, and you're listening to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We talk the world of sports with you. Bobby Hansen coming up at about 11.20 right now. He is the color analyst for both football and men's basketball at Iowa State. He's had a lot of back work done in the last couple of weeks after he carried Chris Williams, our colleague, uh, through Atlantis. Uh, Eric joins us. Eric Trenton, Ken. Thanks for coming on, Eric. Heft, how are you? Oh, always a pleasure, guys. Good to talk to you, my friend. Uh, no, all kidding aside, you guys sounded good, you and Chris. He's a pro. Yes. It's definitely different, you know. Rob, but, sure. Uh, but still good, you know. So it was fun. Uh, the weather was great and saw a lot of great basketball. You really did, no doubt. I've seen Seton Hall a couple of times now. You know, I want to let's start with football real quick before we get to tonight. Boy, oh boy. Uh, couldn't have worked out any better, right? For the, the bowl announcement. You guys wanted Orlando, I think the fan base uh, would have gone to Memphis, but they will go to uh, Orlando in mass, and we've seen that already. And then you draw Notre Dame on top of it. Boy, oh boy. That's a win win, Eric. I couldn't agree more. I think it's a great opportunity. You know, uh, I think if you're someone on the periphery or just a fan, uh, it is a win-win. But I think for Coach Campbell, it's like, hey, it's an opportunity to win a big game, but you got to go find a way to go do it. You know, for a lot of us looking at it from the outside, you say, well, a loss is not a killer. You lose into a, a 10-win team who's you know, marquee, one of the marquee programs in college football, so there's no downside. But I'm sure Coach Campbell looks at it a little bit differently yeah. <laughs> to find a way to get that eighth win. You know, an opportunity certainly for this program to take another step forward. You do it against Notre Dame. It is a big-time national kind of push forward for the program going into next year. There's still another game, but when you look forward to next season, you're going to get, of course, Bailey back along that defensive line. The quarterback running back is back. Offensive line has some questions overall, but a lot of talent coming back for next year, and expectations, again, you assume are going to be very high. I would assume so, and they should be. I mean, you look at playmakers Iowa State has returning. Got some guys to replace. I think, obviously, you nailed it, Trent. The uh, offensive line is going to be the biggest question. I think Coach Campbell feels pretty good about where they're going to be, but, you know, that'll play out a lot in spring and, obviously, early fall. But that group will have to come together. But the defensive line, I think, is going to be really solid. Mm -hmm. Lose a couple really good players, but but have a bunch of really good players back and some depth. Uh, that has played football, has played winning football. So I think that's good. The linebacker should be good. And the back end, I think, is really going to be loaded. Hopefully everybody can stay healthy, get Greg Eisworth back to 100%. And that secondary, I think, is going to be Oof. one of the best in the Big 12. Yeah, I'm with you, Eric. Well, let's get to the here and now, and that's tonight, and it's Cyhawk, and it's on at 7 o'clock uh, at Hilton. I want to, I mean, we we saw all the Halliburton love from the NBA scouts last year, right? That this was a guy that sure. maybe should have left, and he certainly is going to play in the league. 
Eric, I didn't realize that he had another big jump, and we've certainly seen that this year. And, and yeah, they, they graduate Shayok and Wyler Babb and, and Wigington, and the list goes on. Um, Horton Tucker. Horton Tucker, right. Uh, he leaves uh, after his freshman campaign. This is Halliburton's team, and he's relishing this role. Um, he's taken not one, but he's really uh, t- taken a big leap forward. Did you know he had this kind of game in him, Eric? No, I, I I hoped he did, but I certainly I, I didn't really know if he had the ability to pick his spots to be aggressive. You know, uh, you know sometimes it's a, it's a huge leap from being what he was last year was a great complimentary player yeah. to help other people score. You know, and he could make shots. You know, from the perimeter, uh, you know, three point set shot looks beautiful, goes in. Uh, but if they take that away, what do you do next? You know, can you beat a guy off the bounce? Can you get your own shot? And I think obviously he's worked tremendously hard on his game, but his ability uh, to be more ball dominant, which he has to be right now, given the makeup of this team, uh, has been a major step up. But his ability to pick his spots and score—he's uh, actually jumps has a jump shot now that he uses inside the arc that he's very effective with. So I didn't know he had it. I, I certainly hoped he did, uh, but man, he is—he is a tremendous player. You look at all the. The projected draft boards, and it's it's really amazing to see where he is right now. I think one thing every NBA team knows: if they get a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, you've got a great teammate, a guy that's going to try to make everybody else better. I think the scoring at that next level will be an added bonus, but he's going to be, I think, a long-term NBA guy and a guy that likes to talk a little bit. He had the uh, the famous one at the Battle for Atlantis. He said he was talking to God on that one. He's going to jaw a little bit. We saw it last year. The Iowa guys, they're going to jaw. Connor McCaffrey seemingly always in the middle of things. Of course, Cardell Pemsel, what we saw from him last year. Bohannon's Bo, hey, hey, been, uh, uh, been a very active yes. here. Yes, he has. You know, the carryover from last year, and, and these guys like to talk a little bit. Are, were you a talker when you were on the hardwood? Oh, uh, not that much. There wasn't that much going on. I, I, I suppose maybe a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I'm not a big uh, advocate of that. Okay. However, I do kind of. I, I, part of me really does like it. Though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm with you. A whole big part of me certainly likes it. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll see what's on display tonight. So I think that Condit is going to play a big, big role in this basketball game tonight for Iowa State. I think he's averaging just under 18 minutes. Of course, Prohm's got a, a three bigs he can put out there, right? Condit's taken some major steps. We talked about Halliburton. Condit, I think, has mirrored that. Solomon Young is back, and he's healthy. Jacobson is senior now. So Prohm's got options when it comes to Luke Garza. I think Condit's going to play a major role if this game goes Iowa State's way tonight. Oh, it has to. I mean, and I think you could say that just about any game Iowa State's going to play. I mean, he has become one of Iowa State's best players. Uh, he's the one guy who can consistently uh, be a shot-altering force on the defensive end. I mean, the other guys can block a shot occasionally, but he's a guy who has a tremendous, has great length, has a tremendous knack for blocking shots. And I think the key for him is going to be he can be kind of an emotional guy. He's got to make sure he keeps that in check tonight. Otherwise, a couple of cheap fouls, and he's not going to be as big a factor as he needs to be. So the lineup that they played the most this year, Halliburton at the point, Nixon and Bolton together in the backcourt, and then Solomon Young and Michael Jacobson, those two guys playing together. It's something that we haven't seen in the six years now of Steam Pro very often, two big guys 
playing together. Your thoughts on that lineup, and do you believe that's going to be the lineup we'll see most frequently going forward? I don't think it is. <laughs> mm. I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I think it, I think you're going to see four guards as much as you see that. I mean, okay. once again, so much uh, of, of what I think this Iowa State can become in a positive way is because of the flexibility they have to play different ways. But Steve's a great believer that guards win in college basketball. And if, even if you give up a little something on the other end, hopefully you can more than make that up you know, at the offensive end with your ability uh, to create mismatches and get to the basket and score. So uh, I think we're going to see a real mix all season long, but I don't think you're going to see two bigs the majority of the time or certainly uh, on a game-by-game basis based on what's needed and who's got it going that night. I think you're gonna, still going to see a lot of four guards. Uh, Eric, what have you seen in the league so far? I mean, we haven't seen them play each other yet. We'll get to that here in the weeks to come. Uh, but is, is anything? Is is there a school? Is there a team that uh, has caught your eye that maybe you didn't think would? Like on the other end, I would think Texas Tech's their start maybe has caught uh, surprise some people. Who's what's been the surprise non-conference team for you in the Big Twelve? Mm. Wow, you know, I tell you what, I've watched a lot of college basketball here the last few weeks. And uh, and I think it's it, it's a glorious mess. <laughs> you know, I mean, from one game to the next, from a team can be great. I mean, you know, like we saw the other night, Maryland and Texas Tech, or, or uh, Maryland uh, losing, you know, and Louisville losing on the same night. Yep. I mean, it's just <laughs> incredible. And I think that's what we're going to see. And as I look at the Big Twelve, I think the team that I thought was going to be pretty good. Uh, it is really good, and that's Baylor. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not convinced right now that they're not the best team in the Big Twelve. And granted, they were picked second, so that's not a huge leap. Mm-hmm. But they've been better than I expected, and and I think they're going to be a really tough out for anybody home or away because of the way they play at both ends of the floor. They can shoot it. They've got sides, and they're really, really good defensively. Uh, other than that, I think Texas Tech for me is about what I expected. Yeah, uh, I was kind of surprised. I thought they were picked uh, nationally way too high. I'm with you. The losses they had were just incredible. I mean, really, really good players and key components. No, I'm not taking anything away from Chris Beard. He's a tremendous coach. But uh, that win over Louisville the other night, I think, kind of shows that, hey, don't count them out. They're Mm -hmm. still going to be pretty good. But but I think they're really about what, what I expected from them. I think West Virginia is going to be a tough out. They've Me got the two bigs inside that are that are really the Shibway, the freshman, and Derek Culver. I think they're they're going to make noise. A lot of people were down on Oklahoma State, and I I could never understand why people weren't really high on Oklahoma State. They've got everybody back, and they were pretty good last year. Uh, now, granted, they they've lost a couple in a row. One without their point guard likely, who is maybe their best player. So they kind of put that put an asterisk on that Wichita State loss. But I think Oklahoma State's going to be a team. Uh, I mean, I see probably eight teams, nine teams capable of being in the first division. And I think you look at a lot of leagues and kind of be in that same boat because it has been uh, 
the upheaval we've seen already so far this season. College basketball is just incredible. It's been great, no doubt about it. Yeah, I'm with you on West Virginia. That was the team to me that maybe is a have to look at again. I didn't know that they were going to be as good as they've shown, at least when uh, when I've tuned in. Eric, thank you. Look forward to catching up with you a whole bunch more times here uh, before we uh, call it a season in uh, men's basketball with Iowa State. Thank you, Eric. Have to enjoy Cyhawk. And if we don't talk to you before uh, the bowl game and before Christmas, happy holidays to you and yours. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> Same to you guys. Good to talk to you. Eric Heff, color analyst, Iowa State men's basketball and football. You can hear Eric and John down the hall tonight on 100.3 The Bus. You can hear Bill Bender talk college football with Trent and I next. As we take you until noon, it's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.org. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's spend a few minutes, catch up with our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Covers college football, and he joins the program. Bill, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Bill Bender. How are you, sir? Hey, thanks for working with me. Yeah, I took a few days off, went to a concert with my wife, and forgot what it's like not to work all day long so thank you know but i'm back at it today good stuff and we appreciate you coming on and uh, glad you were able to you know take a couple of days uh charge the batteries a little bit because it's about to hit the fan with all these bulls bill bender and <laughs> you know what i'm 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 glad that it worked out the way that it did i really am i want to see ohio state uh and clemson play and we're going to get that and of course oklahoma gets in so the big 12 big 10 here is well looked after um I, I think they got it right. Are you happy the, with the four and the way that they're going to match up, at least in the semifinals? Yeah, I mean, you know, there wasn't a room to mess up, I guess, after Utah lost. I mean, I think they cut a break there. Um, Oklahoma's a really good team. And, and all four teams, you know, you're getting into this playoff, all four teams average 40-plus points per game. All four teams average more than 500 yards of offense. It's going to be like the Indy 500. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. I, well, I say that in this, Ken. We talk so much about defense. Well, you get a couple stops, a couple turnovers. That might be considered defense when it comes to these playoff matchups. Yeah, very well could be the case. Hey, Bill, you're an Ohio guy. Uh, take us in, Buckeye fans. Go from number one to number two with it. Of course, the semifinal matchup with Clemson. Got to assume that the Bucknuts not too pleased about the semifinal matchup and falling down. What's been the perception there in Ohio? Oh, yeah, they're upset. I mean, well, they're never happy. They're still mad. They wanted to beat Michigan 63-27. to You know, they, they just yeah. – uh, but, but, you know, that explains the standard of the program. Um, I I was cool with LSU at one. I would have been cool with Ohio State at one. I don't know. If the metrics probably favored Ohio State a little bit, but I felt this way when I watched LSU play Georgia. I thought to myself, that team's probably going to win it all. And I and I hadn't really felt like that about any one of the three undefeated teams overwhelmingly until Saturday. Yeah, I, I'm with you. That was, that was eye-opening. That Georgia defense was pretty salty in the way that they got carved up. Uh, no doubt about it. Wisconsin played Ohio State tough, at least for the first 30 minutes before Ohio State started to flex their muscles a little bit. Uh, Bill, I know you're a Heisman voter. I also know that you can't share anything 
uh, with the with the audience or any audience until the re- the announcement is made on Saturday. But boy, it it sure seems like that we may we're going to have a runaway a landslide victory for Joe Burrow. At least one would assume that to be the case. Might me flirt with historical big margins between the Heisman winner and the runner-up? Might it be that one-sided? Might be. Um, I think OJ has the biggest margin of victory in the Heisman. I'd have to go back and look that up, but yeah, the only person that knows my vote is my son because he looked over my shoulder and said I wouldn't have done that, and I said, <laughs> "Nice." Well, you're not. You're eight years old, so you can just deal with it. <laughs> um, you know, I uh, I think Burrow Fields Hurts will finish top three. I don't know what the order will be. I mean, it's a pretty safe bet Burrow will probably win. Um, and then I want to see what how they vote Chase Young. It's interesting because you know you could still make the argument he's the most impactful player in college football. But I think the suspension plus, I mean, I know he was getting double and triple teamed, but all people do is look at the sack. So, yeah, I, I do think, I have a feeling he's going to finish fourth. I, I want to see how they, mm. they divvied up those Ohio State votes. Yeah, that that's uh, an interesting one, no doubt. Certainly here in Big Ten West Territory, there was some hand-wringing about Jonathan Taylor not making it over Wisconsin, not being the fifth guy invited out there. Who knows where uh, the votes are going to fall. I don't know. I, I just... I don't have that big of a problem with it. It's because he's good. He's really fast. He's a big guy. But we've seen so many Wisconsin guys put up big totals. Maybe maybe that hurt him overall? Would you vote? All right, let's, let's just – I'm soliciting an opinion. We're putting together our All-American team today. Mm-hmm. Well, you've come to the right vote, place. Lay it on us. Would you vote <laughs> Dobbins – pick two, Dobbins, Taylor, Hubbard. Who should be the two running backs? Oh, my. Team, All-American oh, team. My. Y'all leave one off. Oh, that's it's, not fair. <laughs> it's Chuba Hubbard for me. Jeez, there's the one that's left off? No, as the guy that I'd take over this. I'm with you. I, I, think it's, I think it's Hubbard 1, Taylor 2, and Dobbins, Dobbins 3. Um, yes, Trent. You and I are on the same page. I think I think that's where we're leaning. But, I mean, I just it's like this pang of guilt, and I'm already giving away. <laughs> there are all Americans throughout Monday. But, like, how do you leave Dobbins off? Right. Mm-hmm. How good he was, how important he was for Ohio State, and at the same time, you know, Taylor and Hubbard. Hubbard's pretty incredible. I mean, pretty incredible season to get near 2,000. So, yeah, I mean, these are the the worst thing to do. And, and so I take so much pride in doing this for Sporting News with the other guys, uh, our All-American team, because it is one to, that, not to prop us up, but we're used to determine consensus. It also yep, yep. Uh, as you should be. really causes me a lot of anxiety <laughs> because you've got to leave off some really good players. Yeah, I remember this being a big conversation piece a couple years ago with Iowa and Desmond King because you had to be a consensus All-American, a two-time consensus All-American, to automatically be into the uh, the Wall of Fame for that to happen. I remember seeing the sporting news was a part of that. I mean, that's that's a lot there. You're you're determining not just an All-American list that goes up on sportingnews.com. But, but pictures on walls. Yes, <laughs> paintings. <laughs> We got King right, right? We yes, yes, you guys did. As a first gamer, and uh, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I go back to one year. This is my first year doing it at SN as the lead guy, and um, I choose between Miles Garrett and Derek Barnett, and I'm sitting there like, Jeez. what, what? How am I supposed to do this? And yeah. going off, inevitably, we, we post the story, and five minutes later, I think Tennessee fans were, <laughs> how could you leave him off? Or you know, it was either text. I think we left Garrett off actually. And then there were the A and M fans were all over me, but what what a tough job! But it, it's rewarding because you do get to see the best of the best. And this afternoon, we'll kind of finalize some of that stuff. And 
and I'll take a deep breath because then I'll just be anxious to see the result. And we'll be anxious to talk about it uh, on Wednesday of next week. So let me ask you this, Bill. We'll save some of the bulls for next week. Well, you know, with the, with Christmas falling on Wednesday and that's your day with us, we'll have to do a lot next week when you, when we have you on, but just kind of, uh, you know, an, an overview of, of the two locals. I mean, Iowa State drawing Notre Dame, uh, in Orlando with the camping world. Obviously, Notre Dame, one of the marquee teams in college football and one of the marquee teams out west is certainly USC and the Hawks draw them in the Holiday Bowl. Just your thoughts on, on the Camping World Bowl and the Holiday Bowl. Two pretty good draws for the two teams that move our needle like none other. Big Ten got tough matchups. I think Big Ten could potentially have a rough bowl season based on matchups. I mean, I'm looking at Citrus, Outback, and Gator, and they could get swept. I mean, between Alabama, Auburn, and Tennessee, Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota could get swept. So that Iowa Holiday Bowl is kind of a tone setter. They, I, Big Ten needs that one. And it's a good, even match. Yep. I think uh, we'll see how they match up against those receivers on the outside. And then uh, Iowa State, I can just tell you, I have some Notre Dame buddies, and they were upset. They're like, why are we playing Iowa State? And I said, you have that attitude, you will get beat. Because <laughs> Matt Campbell will have his guys up. That's a tremendous opportunity for Iowa State that missed a couple opportunities this year. Yep. But, but if they could beat, beat Texas, right? So if you beat yep. Texas and Notre Dame in the same season, I mean, all times Iowa State, but never, I don't think they've ever been able to say that. Never had those kind of scalps, certainly, before. Hey, final thing for me, uh, for you, Bill. Bill Bender joining us from the Sporting News. Lane Kiffin, he's back in the mm. SEC. How long is he going to last at Ole Miss? We'll find out. It's going to be entertaining either way. I mean, it it's is. already entertaining. You're seeing people talk about burner phones. and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a oh, that they, They've always been kind of a, you know, the Wild West villain that you root for in some ways is Ole Miss. And, uh, because they're funny. And uh, I think they're they're going to get after it. And he's going to be aggressive. He's he's learned from past coaching stops. But I'd just be, in the early going, I'd be careful poking Nick Saban too much because mm-hmm. that could result in a uh, you know, get beat 50 to 60 nothing type deal early. Last thing for me, Bill, I know you got another one coming up. You're stacked up today. Uh, in, is there been one coaching change, one coaching hire, I guess, that uh, – uh, that has caught your eye more than the others. Do you like one more than the others, Bill? I like I like Lane there for for obvious reasons. I think uh, you know I, I like Shiano. I do too because I, maybe it'll legitimize them a little bit. Yep. That's what they need. They've they've been a punching bag since they've joined the Big Ten. You wonder if he would have been their coach all the way through when they got started. How different it would be. So I think from that standpoint, I think Shiano to Rutgers is good. Um, the rest is just. Kind of, we'll see. We'll see how Norvell does at Florida State. We'll see how Kiffin does at uh, Ole Miss. Um, Arkansas made a weird hire, um, but they sometimes you got to do weird to to catch up with the other programs in your division. No doubt about it. Bill Bender, SportingNews.com. Read Bill, SportingNews.com. All American team drops on Monday. We'll talk about it on Wednesday. Bill, thank you for what you do for us. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, Army or Navy? Who are you picking? We go with Navy this time, but yeah, you, you got to watch it. It's always a good tradition. Love the pageantry. Uh, going with Navy, but that if you need, to, I show this to my kid every year because I said this is how you play hard. Just watch it. That's those guys playing hard, and they'll go with that on Saturday. Can't wait to watch it. Appointment TV, Bill. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Good to talk to you, Bill Bender. SportingNews.com. It's the standalone. Is there a 30 for 30 after the Heisman? Do you know? Normally there is. Yeah, there has been in the past. I don't know. I hadn't seen anything. Didn't the U drop on after the Heisman? I think so, right? That was a big one.
Oh, that was terrific. Terrific. One of my favorites. That's usually in the summer. We usually kind of dive into that, yeah, our favorite yeah. 30 for 30s. That's always a good July topic. Yeah. No. Getting us through. Yes, indeed it is. Maybe but a day of day show for that. I don't know if there is. I mean, there's, well, maybe there is. I don't know. Yeah. Have to take a peek at if that. If there's not, we'll find some college hoops, right? Always. Indeed. Pretty good Saturday of college basketball, too. Fill me in. I know late night, uh, we're going to finish up with Gonzaga, Arizona. Okay. Do anything Sign for, for Yes, you. it does. Absolutely. Uh, how about early 11 o'clock, Oregon, Michigan? Okay. I've seen a lot of Michigan. I have too. Watch the Michigan. I want to, sp- you know what? I want to spend a little bit. Did you see Illinois, Michigan last night? I did. Yeah. All I did last night. I was busy until eight and I watched it start to finish. This Illinois team? Yeah. Got a feeling. Kofi Coburn. He's really good. Is legit. He is going to, and already has made a huge difference on that team. Now, they've had a couple of bad losses, some head scratchers, but boy, oh boy, that was a no doubt about it win over Michigan last night. All right, uh, Bobby Hansen's going to come up in about, oh, 25 minutes or thereabouts. As Trent take you and I take you until noon. Uh, It's Miller and Condon. Glad you're spending some time with us here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.